today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. We don't have persecution. And if you believe that we have persecution, then speak to someone who lives in North Korea or the Sudan or in China or in Cuba or in a whole lot of other places in this world, much of the Middle East. We don't have it yet. Could it happen before the Lord comes? Yeah, it could. I hope and pray that it doesn't, but it could. It's time to change. I believe that what's being stated here is You don't have time to think that maybe tomorrow I'll change. Again, because of the soon expectancy that his return is going to come at any moment. Do you ever feel like everything is against you? Like maybe everyone is out to get you? Pastor David urges us to have a paradigm shift immediately. We live a very blessed life here in the States. We not only have more than anyone else in the world, but we also have not experienced any sort of persecution relative to other countries. Dwelling on the bad things that happen to us will breed bad things. Happiness is a choice, and joy is the outflow and showing of it. After all, we're saved. Well, let's join Pastor David in the book of Revelation chapter 22 with today's edition of The Open Word. Here we serve God out of the the greatness of all that's been obtained on our behalf. We'll now be in the glory of his presence, and we're going to be seeing him face to face. We shall behold him far beyond the starry sky, face to face in all his glory. We shall see him by and by. That's what's going to happen. That's what's before us. John continues on in verse 3, that they, speaking of the saints that are there, they shall see his face. His name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no night there. They need no lamp nor light of sun, for the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Again, I believe that he speaks of that intimacy, the closeness, that we're going to have with the Lord. And I don't believe we can even begin to compare that with any type of relationship that we have now or any type of worship that we've even experienced this side of heaven. I don't care how great a time of worship you've ever had. I don't care how intimate and how close and how connected you feel with anyone in this physical realm. None of that is going to be able to even hold a light to what we're going to see, what we're going to experience there when we stand face to face with the Lord. Right now, you and I, in our life, regardless of how great a worship experience that we've had here in this world, eventually we've got to go home, or we've got to go to work, we've got to take the garbage out, we're going to take care of the kids. Life just continues to happen all around us. 
I mean, even when you come to church, you know, after worship time, people want to hang out. What do they say? Hey, we're turning out the lights. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. But then the worship continues forever and ever and ever. The presence of the Lord, always there, always before his face. You need to understand what a joy that is going to be for us at that point in time. It's even difficult to give an illustration this side of heaven. But if you can imagine, in your wildest imaginations, the one whom you love, whom you desire more than anything, anyone else in the whole world, that you've been separated for a while, and then you come back together. And the joy of that experience, of being with that one that you love, the one that your heart beats for, the one that makes your heart go pitter-patter, to be able to come back to that one, that can't even be compared to what is going to happen for us when we come and we stand before All of this that we see, everything that we see, all of our relationships, everything that we have right now is temporary. Everything. It's all going to burn. It's then that the angel spoke to John in verse 6, and he gave him some further instructions. He said to me, These words are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things which must shortly take place. Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecies of this book. So in essence, what the angel was telling John was that everything that he had seen, everything that he had heard during this time of the revelation was true. And not only was it true, but it's all going to happen fairly quickly. It's going to come about in a quick time period. God had sent his prophets to warn the people that the time was short. He gave John this vision in order that John might come and tell everyone that the time is short. And John here interjects these words, these words of the Lord Jesus. Behold, I'm coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. It doesn't tell us who said these words, but I believe that through the context of the words, we can rightly assume that these are the words of Jesus to his bride, to the church. Get yourself ready. I'm coming, and I'm coming quickly. And with obedience, gang, comes blessing. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Our blessings as believers, both this side of heaven, even on the other side of heaven, because the word speaks about rewards. It speaks about the blessings of the Lord to faithful servants. There is a blessing for obedience. It's at this point that John, I believe, becomes once again just overwhelmed with with the whole vision. He has seen so much that you've got to realize just the overwhelmingness of all that he's seen, all that he's experienced and heard. And so what happens? I believe that he's worn out. I believe that he's exhausted. He's seen so much. He's experienced so much. I believe in that one day that verse 8 tells us, and now I, John, saw and heard these things. And when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. But then he 
the angel said to me, See that you don't do that, for I'm your fellow servant, and of your brethren, the prophets, and of those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. You need to understand that John knew, John understood that he wasn't supposed to be worshiping angels. But I believe that he was just so overwhelmed by this whole experience of what he was seeing, man. It just overcame him. But once again, the angel, just like he did back in chapter 19, he tells him, whoa, 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 don't do that. See that you don't do that. I'm no different than you. Although he's an angel, he's quite a bit different in our viewpoint. But he does know that he is a created creature. That's what he's saying in essence. I'm just a created creature. Don't, don't do that to me. Worship God. Because you see, that angel had full understanding, full remembrance of what happened to Lucifer. Has Lucifer's pride built up within himself. And he desired worship. He sought to be lifted up and exalted. And that angel knew what happened to Lucifer. And he said, no, 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 not me. Don't do that. Worship God. But the angel continued on in verse 10. He says, and then he said to me, do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he who is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. What we see here, again, is just the eminence of Christ's soon return, that it's going to happen. Daniel was told to seal up the words that he heard until that time yet to come. But here John is told, don't seal these words up. Why? Because the time is at hand. That's how close it was when John was speaking these things. And then he's given this rather cryptic phrase, and it's rather strange when you first look at it till you understand what he's trying to say. He says, hey, you know what? If you're unjust, continue to be unjust. If you're filthy, continue to be filthy. If you're righteous, continue to be righteous. And if you're holy, continue to be holy. Well, what in the world is that supposed to mean? I mean, doesn't it matter how you live? He's saying, hey, if you're unjust, go ahead and be unjust. Shouldn't we change our ways, you know, from wicked to righteous? And yet it says, hey, if you're filthy, continue on to be filthy. I believe the answer is, is yes, you should change, but don't wait until tomorrow. You've got to do it now. Because the Lord's soon return is right at the door. And if in John's time it was so close, beloved, I can't help but think that man just at any moment, at any day. We see the situation that the world is in. Can the United States get worse? Oh, it could get a whole lot worse. There is no doubt about that. We've seen it go progressively, progressively worse. And that's before you even begin to look at politics. I'm just looking at our culture and where we are as a culture and as a people. I see, wow, yeah, it could get a whole lot worse. The persecution could get a whole lot worse. We don't have a whole lot of persecution. In fact, very, very little. Now, we've got some things that have come up that catch our attention. 
but we don't have persecution. And if you believe that we have persecution, then speak to someone who lives in North Korea or the Sudan or in China or in Cuba or in a whole lot of other places in this world. Much of the Middle East, we don't have it yet. Could it happen before the Lord comes? Yeah, it could. I hope and pray that it doesn't, but it could. It's time to change. I believe that what's being stated here is you don't have time to think that maybe tomorrow I'll change. Again, because of the soon expectancy that his return is going to come at any moment, and it should drive us to understand that now is the time for me to change my life and to get my life right with the Lord today, right now. Jesus says, I'm coming quickly. My reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And then he declares this blessing on those who are faithful. He says, blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. This blessing here that he gives in verse 14, that's actually the seventh and it's the final blessing that we see in the book of Revelation. Over in Revelation chapter 1, verse 3, that's the first blessing that is given. And the word says, Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it because the time is near. The second blessing that he gives us is in chapter 14, verse 13. John writes, he says, And then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Write, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on during this time of the tribulation and the trials. He says, Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow him. Chapter 16, verse 15, the third blessing. The Lord says, Behold, I'm coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And then in chapter 19, verse 9 is the fourth blessing. He said to me, write, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. Then the fifth one in Revelation 20, verse 6, blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such, the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. The sixth blessing is in chapter 22. We read it just a little bit earlier in verse 7. He says, Behold, I'm coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. And now in verse 14 is the seventh and final one. Blessed are those who do his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. Guys, it's only the righteous and the obedient who will be in his presence for all of eternity. The righteous and the obedient. You say, well, pastor, are you saying it's works that allow us to go to heaven? It's not what I said. It's the righteous and the obedient. Are you obedient to the Lord 
as he's called you, have you answered that call? Do you know him? In obedience, have you come to him? And then knowing that your righteousness is not found in and of yourselves, but it is the righteousness of Christ that is yours. Now, at the same time, I'm not lessening the fact that you and I as believers need to live our lives in righteous obedience to the Lord. Don't lessen that at all because the Lord continues to call you and I as his children to walk in righteousness and to walk in obedience. But in the whole context of Scripture, we understand that our righteousness is not found in what we do. It is found in Christ. Our obedience comes First of all, in our receiving Christ as our Savior, understanding what his word says and the willingness and the desire in our life to follow after him. He says this holy city is made up of the redeemed of God. Look at verse 15 here in chapter 22. In verse 15, he says, Outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters, and whoever loves and practices a lie. Now, he isn't saying that just outside the city gates at that point in time, they're in glory, they're in eternity, that right outside that there are dogs and there's sorcerers, that there's the sexually immoral and the murderers and the idolaters and the whoever loves and practices deceits. He's not saying that they're outside trying to get in, but there's guards keeping them out. That's not the picture here. What he's saying is, is that there is a definite separation of the righteous and the unrighteous. Remember, those who would be labeled as dogs and sorcerers, sexually immoral, murderers and idolaters, whoever loves and practices a lie, those are the ones whose names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Those are the ones who are put in that lake of fire that we read earlier on at the end of chapter 20. So again, what he's saying is God is going to separate them and they'll be completely separated throughout all of eternity, and none of those types, none of those will be allowed inside. Why? Because they're in the lake of fire. The next statement that he makes is a very clear statement made by Jesus, and again, it calls for you and I to look at it with some close inspection. Verse 16, he says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star, and the spirit and the bride say, come, and let him who hears say, come, and let him who thirsts come, whoever desires, let him take of the water of life freely. Remember at the beginning of this was the word to the churches. And as that word went out to the churches of Revelation, it's also going out to all churches of all times, even today when we look at that. Again, it's not, well, that church was for that season, that church was for this season. No, when as we looked at those churches, we could see the church of today in every one of those in one form or fashion. And the Lord says, man, I've sent my angel to bring this message to the churches that I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and the morning star. The first of all thing that I want you to look at, the very, I think the very important part of what he's saying here is that the invitation is to whom? All, all. Look at what it says. 
let him who hears say come. And then he says, and let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. It's sent out to whoever desires. Beloved, I know that the way is narrow, but the call is wide. Truly, Jesus is. He is the root. He is the offspring of David, the bright and the morning star. And he makes this offer to all while it's still day, while there's still time to turn to him. And secondly, and just as important, is our understanding of the place and the person of Jesus. Again, this is what allows him to make this offer. If in verse 16 it clearly states, I, Jesus then we know who's speaking here? Jesus, okay? We need to affirm that in reality, it is Jesus who is speaking here. It's not a trick. It's not deceit. I, Jesus, means that Jesus is the one that's talking. Now, back up with me, up to verse 12 and 13. And behold, I am coming quickly. My reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. I believe that we can, in all honesty and fairness and the integrity of the Scripture and in context with what it says, come to a clear understanding that the one who says, I am coming quickly, up in verse 12, is the same one that says in verse 16, I, Jesus. It's definitely not an angel. It's not an angel who is the Alpha and Omega. It's not an angel that comes and brings the reward. It is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first and the last. Particularly, these are descriptive terms. And if you were with us at the beginning of this study, I shared with you what I call the Alpha Omega Trail. And it goes all through Scripture, Old Testament to New. And I think it's only right to end our study in Revelation to look at that one more time. For the benefit, not only if you've heard it before, but for those of you who maybe did not hear it. The Alpha Omega Trail. Hopefully you have a pen or a pencil because you will need it. Here in Revelation chapter 12, verse 13, what do we read? I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. In the margin right next to it, write whatever abbreviation you want to make for Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 6, 4. You don't need to turn, well, yeah, you do need to turn there, sorry, because in order for this to work for you, this is the best way to do it. Deuteronomy 6, 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Okay? The Lord our God, the Lord is one. In the margin next to Deuteronomy 6, 4, write Isaiah 41, 4, and then you can turn to Isaiah 41.4, after you write it down. What did Deuteronomy tell us about God? He is one. And by the way, it is Yahweh, Jehovah. Jehovah is one. Jehovah, our God, is one. Now in Isaiah 41, verse 4, we read, Who has performed and done it, calling the generations from the beginning? I, Jehovah, I, the Lord, am the first, And with the last, I am He. Okay?
We've come to the end of our time together for today. But if you're not ready to be done yet, you can find additional messages from The Open Word. Pastor David is here to share how you can continue listening. Hey, thanks, Chris. We love getting the Word of God out to as many people as possible. All the teachings you hear on The Open Word have been preserved on our website. You're welcome to access them. Visit theopenword.com to listen to or download the messages God has supplied from His Word. That website again is theopenword.com or you can search for The Open Word Podcast on iTunes and subscribe for free. I'd like to encourage you to take these messages with you on the go. You never know when you'll have a moment of peace in your day, so why not fill it with God's Word? I hope you continue to study the Bible and that it continues to bless you and fill you with His joy. Thanks, Pastor David. We're so glad these resources are available to us whenever we want them. The book of Revelation is so often shrouded in mystery with its outlandish pictures of winged creatures by the throne of God and roaming the earth. As we continue to study, though, we'll be able to discern how these pictures all point to the one spotless lamb who conquered all through laying down his life. If you'd like to know more about Jesus, the lamb, give us a call at 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. We'd love to share the greatest story with you, the one where God came down to earth to join in a relationship with us. That's all for today, but join us next time right here on The Open Word.